Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. So yeah, uh, when I was, uh, Chris asked me to preach last week, and I was like, yeah, let's do this. And uh, I sat down, um, was it yesterday or the day before? And I, yeah, no, the day before, right? Because I, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to speak on, and uh, I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to be good. And I thought about this, the, I don't want to call it cliche, but I thought about, well, we're, um, we're jumping into the new year, so let's talk about the new year. And uh, let's talk about, you know, setting expectations and um, meeting your New Year's, you know, or setting some, you know, New Year's resolutions and what to do in order to, um, you know, attain these goals. And then I was doing some more research and then New Year's resolutions, people who normally keep their, or rather people who set, excuse me, New Year's resolutions, generally by the second week of February, they don't keep them anymore. I was like, well, that's kind of something <laughs> that stinks. And then um, up to 80 people, uh, 80, per, 80 people, up to 80% of the people who set New Year's resolutions don't complete them. I was like, oh, that's not a good start to this, uh, you know, starting to the new year. So I started thinking and I was like, well, I think it'll be better if I talk about reflecting on 2018. So that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be reflecting on 2018. And uh, so, Ray, if you can go ahead and then put up those two slides. No. The memes. There you go. So I thought this was pretty funny. Uh, I, I tend to do that. I tend to, I see 2018, and I'm with 2018, I'm like, oh, man, 2019 is going to be so much better. Uh, and I feel like some of us can, can relate to that. Um, can you throw up the next one? So, <laughs> and this is, this is the truth right here, isn't it? Uh, we have, uh, we're getting beat up by the years and all that stuff. And then um, I really feel like this is something that really spoke to me um, when I was trying to think about, you know, the message on, on what to speak about. You know, we, we tend to lump several, you know, handful of hard times or events um, that have no, or, or maybe that have no great importance you know, to the entirety of the year. And then we expect that the following year is going to be the year, right? We're like, oh, you know, the year for, for growth, the year for weight loss. I know I've done it many times. So I was like, 2016, here we come. I'm going to be 30 pounds lighter. I wind up weighing 30 pounds heavier. <laughs> so, um, right? And then, you know, we say, no, this is the year. This is the year of change. And then we give very little thought to the miracles or to the good times or good things that have happened to us during the year, right? I know I do that a lot. I tend to only see the bad that has happened during the year. And if you can go ahead and uh, put up slide one. Um, no, not that one. So oh, anyways, slide one says... Um, we overemphasize the bad, and we downplay the good. Like I said, I know I've done this a lot, um, and it's, still, it's a hard process for me to kind of get around 
um, but I'm working on it. Um, I've lumped the entire 2015 year of when we first came over here to, um, like from Missouri to South Carolina, to being unemployed for six months. I've lumped my 2016 year with working at the worst possible company ever and hating every moment of it. And then my 2017 to 2018 years um, to nothing more than just a few mediocre events that have happened to me. If you think about it, that's 1,095 days altogether, chalked up to a, you know, a few trying hard times. You know, and I'm not, I'm not making light of the fact that you know, some of us have gone through some pretty heavy things. You know, some of us have gone through some you know, deaths in a family, right? Deaths in relationship. Um, maybe even, you know, uh, not getting that job that you wanted. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make light, light of what, you know, the, the stuff that has happened in the past. Um, but there is still some good stuff happening, you know? We just have to look just a tad bit harder. Uh, when I was looking at, um, I, I was looking at why do we tend to remember the bad events more so than the good events? Um, and there was a study, well, there was some research done that um, good things and then bad things happen on different sides of the brain, right? It doesn't, you know, the good side happens here and then the bad side happens there. But when there's, when the bad things happen, there's generally um, a bit more um, intense emotion um, that, 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 it, that, you know, your brain starts firing. And um, that's why, like, if you get held up, you know, at a, a gunpoint, you tend to remember possibly maybe the gun and, you know, the detail of the gun or maybe how the person looked instead of kind of like your surroundings and all that stuff. It's because, you know, there's more emotion and there's, um, you know, the brain is firing at such a fast rate of trying to process and hone into like all these all the details and all that stuff, and um, so I'm like, I'm, I'm like, how can we go about, you know, changing, or how can we go about um, figuring out what to do in order to. Um, you know, switch that in order to make 2019 the year. And uh, if we keep going, um, we'll go ahead to the, the second slide, uh, right? Um, it says, remembering the good doesn't mean pretending the bad didn't happen. And that's a, that's a really key point. Um, I think we tend to, you know, like, oh, you know, God is good, God is good, and nothing. Oh, actually, I saw a movie yesterday. This actually sums it up pretty well. Um, where I was, I was with my mom. We were watching um, Night School, and it's, uh, I think, Kevin Hart. He has to go to Night School in order to um, get his GED so he could become, like, an, a financial advisor. And one of the ladies, you know, she was, she was nice, and she seemed very Southern, and uh, <laughs> she was saying... Um, after a few weeks in, the, they, were ask, they would ask her how she doing, and she was like, I hate my life, I hate my husband, I hate this, I hate that, you know, oh my gosh, I just want to get out. But then at the end, she's like, but I'm blessed, you know, so, right? And, you know, it's, we don't, you know, we, we tend to try to portray, 
like a, a, an outward image of who we really aren't, you know. It's okay to be beat up sometimes. It's okay to not have it all, right? Um, we don't have to pretend like it didn't happen. So um, I want to go ahead and then jump into some scriptures today. And uh, if you would, if you wouldn't mind turning to um, Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And I feel like this, this is super vital, guys. I feel like this is really good. Um, 4, 1 through 7. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll read it. I got it open here. Probably should have turned there already. Excuse me. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, Take stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up in the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together. Uh, the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it, to, carry it on your shoulders, 12 stones in all. Uh, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord, when the Ark of the Lord's covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So a little bit of a little bit of backstory before we go. Um, the children of Israel were enslaved by Egypt for about 400 years, right? Then Moses enters the scene and takes them away from Egypt. Now, this is going to be a, a pretty quick paraphrase. Um, I just want to hit some bullet points. Um, he, takes, you know, he takes them away from, um, from Egypt, and then he walks through the Red Sea. He was able to part the Red Sea right, with God's help. Um, but he's unable to enter into the promised land you know, with the children of Israel. And they wander in the desert for 40 years, eating the same food. Now, this just came to me. Like, the whole wandering part is really good. You know, I'm not, not really good, but, like, I can accept that. But the eating of the same food for 40 years, I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, but once Moses died, you know, the promised land didn't just materialize, Right? Um, Israel, the children of Israel, didn't just get transported to the land. Um, it wasn't like, all right, Moses is dead, boom, boom, right into the promised land. No, they actually had to walk um, through. They had to go through the Jordan. Um, and and, and I, was, I was thinking, I was like, man, that's, that's cool. That's really good. But I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, what, what, what can I glean from this? Um, and then I started thinking a little bit more. See, something really special, um, really special happened that time, that, that, that particular event um, to Joshua. It says, take the 12 stones. We're going to go back to um, verses, um, I believe it's 
5 and 6, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, let's start at 4. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from, each, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan and uh, in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up uh, one stone and carry it out on your shoulders, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial in the future. And this is where I believe it really spoke to me. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? You can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. The stones will stand there forever. The future, um, in, in, in the future, your children will ask you, well, what do these stones mean? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, because the significance of that, it, 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 it's, I feel like it, it's very multi-layered. You see, that was the promise that was spoken to Abraham, right? What, what, did, they, what, what did God say to Abraham? God was like, you're going to be a great nation. You know, I will prosper you. I will, I will, I will be with you. Um, I, I will go with you, right? And, and I think the most beautiful one is that out of your lineage, a Savior would come, right? So when the children of Israel were, were away um, and, and they were doing their things, the, you know, they would come back to that, to, those, to that memorial of those stones and they could remember what they had gone through, right? They could remember Egypt, they could remember getting whipped. They could remember building stuff for Pharaoh. But then they could also remember how Moses came into the scene and rescued them out of, you know, out of, out of slavery. And what an event to be able to walk up to the, to the Red Sea and with the staff part water. You know? What an event. Oh, and, and even outside of that, being able to... Um, to have sustenance, to have um, provision for 40 years, even though they were, they were in disobedience. They showed, you know, God showed his faithfulness. God showed his mercy. Um, you know, all of it to show um, when they would remember what happened, um, all the bad times and all the good times, it would be overshadowed. By God's unending faithfulness, right? God's unending faithfulness to not leave you or to forsake you. And in slide three, I believe, um, God wants us to remember what he has done. You know, the, the, like I said, the promises of Abraham were coming into full circle with those memorials being set by Joshua and his people. You know, and I think that's such a beautiful thing. I feel like, um, you know, it, it's okay to go into 2019 expecting different things. I'm not saying that. Please don't take, don't take away from this message that, you know, not to set goals and expectations. I have them. I have them written down on, chalk, on a chalkboard in my office so I can look at them every day. But what I am saying is to remember where you've been, right? To remember the Jordans that you had to cross. To remember 
those Goliaths that you had to face. Because I really believe that if we can grab a hold of this, our 2019 year will be different. There won't be no more, hey, you know, six, seven weeks into, into our New Year's resolution, we're, we're done working out, you know. Or, or, or even, even, not from, even not like that, even how about a child like the prodigal son, right? We had a beautiful moment right here where the, the kids were being dedicated, stones being set, right? This is the day that my kid got dedicated. So I know in the future, I'm not speaking this over you, I promise, I really am not. Even though in the future, if my child starts acting a, you know, acting a fool, you know, running away from God, I know that something happened here. I know that God's faithfulness was here, and I felt and I believe that God has my children. So I can look at the future or I can look at my current situation and be like, although I don't see God's faithfulness, I know what he did in the past. I know what God did when he parted the Red Sea, right? I know what he did so I can stand firm, believing that what he did in the past, he can do in the future. Amen? So, Fronda, if I can get, um, if I can get you to come up and uh, begin playing, I want us to... Um, take a little bit of time to um, to remember 2018. Like I said, I know some of us may have faced some traumatic events in 2018. Maybe not even in 2018. Maybe in 2017, 2016, 2015. Um, and we could only remember these things. But I promise that if you can just look a little bit hard, if you can look just a tad bit harder, you can see God's faithfulness. And you can see the provision that, that, that he was bringing. So my 2015 year lumped together um, with uh, being unemployed for six months. My daughter was born. I mean, my daughter is awesome. <laughs> She's raising her hand. <laughs> She's beautiful. She's smart. Um, my finances, all my bills somehow got paid for, and I didn't have a job for six months. Jesse wasn't working either. I mean, I'm talking about from, I'm talking, you know, all my bills. I, I, I don't know how. Um, and then 2017, right? No, 20, 2016, right? Elisha was born. You know, he was... Um, he, it was what the, the, the pregnancy story is such a crazy story. Like, you know, the, the nurses didn't think he was coming, and then he came out all of a sudden, and then, you know, his body temperature couldn't regulate. He needed to have a spinal tap to see because he had an infection. They were trying to rule out meningitis. But if you look at my son right now, that joker's a tank. You know, we call him the little juggernaut because he's always destroying stuff, you know? Like, it, it, it's unbelievable where he was to where he is now. And then 2017, 2018, wasn't it uh, last year, 20, the, the beginning of 2018, where we prayed, where we prayed when we were in the village square, right? And we were like, God, where's the new place? Boom, we're at a new place. Why? Because we remember what God did in the past, and we believe that he can do it again. So we walk in that faithfulness knowing that God um, will come through. So um, as they're playing, 
I just want to take a, a little bit of time to, to remember 2018 and to remember the years in the past and just begin to thank God. Um, I believe when you're able to see past the hardship and past the, uh, the problems, um, there's something that wells up inside you. I really do believe that when you can see, um, when you can see over your issue, you know, um, a good example is my car broke down, um, my Jeep. This is when I had the Jeep, um, and we were stuck in the highway. Elisha was real babe, uh, a real small kid or, or baby, an infant. We had Sophia. We didn't have AC, and, and my radiator blew. And um, <laughs> initially, I got really angry, and then I punched the steering wheel um, in my anger because I was just like, I have my two kids. I have my wife. I need a C. And then something in me was like, nah, but praise. Start giving thanks. So I started thanking God. I was like, God, you are faithful. Even when I'm a crappy person. Even in spite of me, you are faithful. I began saying, God, I thank you for my wife who's been faithful to me. God, I thank you that she's given me seven or eight years of great marriage. God, I thank you that both my kids are doing well. Although Elisha has a heart monitor, I thank you that he didn't die, but I thank you that he is breathing. God, I thank you that I even have a car to drive to places. Even though it's broken, I thank you. You know, and I thank you that I have a decent job, that I'm making good enough money where Jesse doesn't have to go back to work, right? I started saying all these things. And sure enough, within a few moments, I could see my situation, but I could see God's faithfulness. I could see God's faithfulness. And I want you to be able to to see God's faithfulness in your hard times. I want you to see God's faithfulness when it gets difficult. So Rhonda's going to play a little bit. I want you to just, just begin to thank God. Um begin to reflect on 2018 and see where, see those little miracles you know see the things that we might take for granted the food you know in the house but just begin to thank God Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>